the reason I got into acting, I think it was because, you know, growing up, I watched so many movies and cartoons and I wanted to be and live in those worlds, in the worlds of those characters. And then actually like one movie I watched, I think I was eight, it was Pirates of the Caribbean actually, but I really, really loved the movie and I wanted to be a pirate and, you know, be on a ship with Jack Sparrow. And if, when I found out, I mean, I always knew, but like knowing that like there is an actor outside of the character that was kind of like um, a little bit heartbreaking to me because I wanted to experience the life those characters live. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life experiences, work and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital Kiev, as well as Ukrainian people abroad, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. And as a note, the deeper message is to show that Ukraine is so unique, so beautiful, its people are so interesting, and Ukraine is not Russia, it's not just Chernobyl, and it's not just the political scandals and all that stuff. Anyway, my name is Aziz, and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me. And even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I couldn't return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19. So this project is my volunteer work to help and support Ukraine and Ukrainians throughout the world. And thank you all so much. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine. Top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland. Top 60 travel podcasts in the UK. Top 30 in the Netherlands, top 25 on Apple Russia, and top 20 on Apple Poland. My guest today is Katrina Filipschuk. Katrina was born in Ukraine. Her family moved to New Brunswick, Canada when she was 10. She graduated with a BA in English drama and theater at McGill. Her hobbies are making videos for TikTok, where she is very popular. She loves acting, but it's more of a career choice than just a hobby. Katrina, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm excited, honored, happy, and we're going to play a lot. And to begin, something I'm super mm -hmm. curious about. So a short question first. Do you love acting? Because you said it's a career choice. And sometimes, scientifically, they say when you love something, but you turn it into a job, it just messes with the whole motivation but just wondering is it something you love very much 
Yeah, it is definitely something I love very much. And for my career, that is definitely what I wanted to pursue. I didn't want to be stuck doing something I don't completely enjoy. And I mean, um, I'm still, you know, in the beginning stages of um, my acting career. So I'm still in the beginning, but I love it so far. Yes. And this is not about achievements or objective things. This is a really subjective kind of uh, interview and podcast. So I'm curious about something. You know, mm. when you put yourself inside of a character, how do you do that? And do you walk around looking at the ways that people are behaving and being and get inspired from that for your acting? Um, it's, it's honestly hard to say because every character comes very differently. For some characters, they are very close to you as a person. And other characters, it's kind of like a leap in terms of their subjectivity and stuff like that. So it really, it really depends. There are some characters I've, I haven't based on myself, but I've definitely used elements of my own personality to fuel them. And for other characters, I had to kind of step outside of myself and try to find a way to get to know them very personally without you know having any kind of connection to the character so those were definitely a little bit harder to work with I like that I imagine you love method acting but I'm gonna go out uh, like left field totally with this Jessie mm -hmm. J she had in one interview she said when I got older I became much much better of a singer because singing, which now I'm relating to acting, she said, it's not about the technical skill, but because my heart was broken, I've been through so many ups and downs and experience in life. I have more moments to like get the energy and emotion from to authentically express what is in the song. And to you, at your young age, did you have some kind of like eventful life that filled you with so many experiences to draw from or are you someone who's emotional and therefore even small things can drive you into an emotional space you can draw from or you're just in the beginning like you said and you know over time you'll get your heart broken multiple times by multiple mm -hmm. people not just uh, romantically but in every other way and therefore you look forward to that growth. Uh, it's it's a good question because um, I can't say that I'm honestly very emotional. I think that the events I'm most emotional about is more of like not um, something really that happened, but more just like nostalgia, maybe melancholy. I have a lot of those kind of feelings, but I really try to control my emotions in terms of, you know, the things you have to go through and stuff like that. I'm very kind of determined to have a clear mind and to look on the bright side about everything and see the positive and everything. So I try to not let those kind of negative emotions and feelings affect me as a person a lot. And for my characters, actually, of course, a lot of them go through very, very um, hard things and uh, things that affect them very deeply. And to experience those emotions from the character's point of view, as opposed to my point of view, is kind of where I, um, where I use those emotions. I never let the character's emotions affect me. This is what I'm hearing, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that even mm -hmm. though at 10 years old, you went to Canada and you experienced people, I don't know, maybe it's too cold there and they're not so emotive, 
but isn't that the stereotype of the Ukrainian person who doesn't show much emotions and they try to control it, which is a Soviet or a post-Soviet notion? I mean, are you in many ways a Ukrainian girl lost in Canada? Which, me yeah, tell me. It's, uh, once again, I think it's kind of hard to say because being an immigrant, I think you kind of lose the belonging to a particular country. Like, first of all, like when I moved to Canada, of course I felt, you know, I was a Ukrainian girl in the Canadian world. I didn't speak the language. I didn't understand a lot of cultural things that people, um, they were just interested in the things that didn't even exist in Ukraine and vice versa. I knew of like movies and cartoons that no one in Canada would have ever heard of. And of course I felt very different the way I dressed and the food that I ate. But after living here for such a long time, I mean, I haven't visited Ukraine um for six years after I moved so I was 16 when I visited Ukraine again and of course going there I was expecting you know oh this is the place where I would belong because everyone here is more like me but after visiting Ukraine I also kind of realized that there is a kind of separation there as well because so much of my recent history is so much influenced by Canada that I can't really say that I belong to a particular world anymore I'm kind of suspended between the two I guess and it's really not, it's not a bad thing to do that. I think it gives um, plenty of opportunity for observing and not necessarily being super involved in, um, in one world, one country or another, I guess. I love that. It's like not being a fish in the water, not realizing that there is water, but because you're an observant, uh, somewhat of both an insider and an outsider with one foot in the door and whether one out you can observe and see things that allow you to get inspired as well as create some of those videos where people think wow you noticed that that's so wonderful it hit home and to ask you then about you as a person you seem to me to be someone who's very observant who's very reflective and someone who might be more of a, if I might say, a mini philosopher to your approach to life. Is this a fair assessment? And if so, are you more of an introvert or an extrovert in your being? Uh, yeah, that is that is very true. I'm definitely very observant. I'm constantly, you know, thinking of um, <laughs> how the universe works, the meaning of life. That's definitely what I think about all the time. But in terms of being an introvert or an extrovert, I'd say I'm more of an extrovert. I do having uh, I do like having my time by myself, but at the same time, I do get very much into in my head sometimes. And when I don't see people for a long time, I do feel like I am wasting my life, you know. And it's obviously it's hard right now with the quarantine. And I feel like a lot of people are experiencing this, but it does feel like everything is just kind of put on pause and you have no one but yourself at the moment. Of course, you have, you know, your family, if you are quarantining with them and you are spending your self-isolation period with them. But at the same time, like you are alone and you're separated from all your friends, from everyone you're seeing on a daily basis. And I think in the times like this, it's kind of, it's good to have, um, it's good to explore yourself and find out, you know, who you are as a person, where you stand and dig deeper into your philosophy on life and stuff like that. And that's definitely what I'm doing at the moment. I love that. I imagine you're somewhat exploring yourself, like those characters that you spoke about who are different from you, but you allow yourself to embody them and learn about them. Well, it's an opportunity to look yourself in the mirror, which can be both frightening, exciting, insightful, 
and alone, which is mm-hmm. not so good. But I would like then to explore something else. You chose acting. Is there an actor or an actress or a role or a movie that truly touches your heart at a deep level? And if so, what about them does that to you? I have a lot, a lot of favorite, favorite actors and favorite movies. I mean, the reason I got into acting, I think it was because, you know, growing up, I watched so many movies and cartoons and I wanted to be and live in those worlds, in the worlds of those characters. And then actually like one movie I watched, I think I was eight, it was Pirates of the Caribbean actually, but I really, really loved the movie and I wanted to be a pirate and, you know, be on a ship with Jack Sparrow. And when I found out, I mean, I always knew, but like knowing that like there is an actor outside of the character that was kind of like um, a little bit heartbreaking to me because I wanted to experience the life those characters live. So when I decided to be an actor, it was mostly like, I, I want to experience the worlds of those characters. I want to live in a magical world full of all those possibilities because um, as fun as life is, it does get a little bit mundane sometimes. And I didn't want to be stuck, you know, b- being the same person that I am. I wanted to experience being different people. So it's definitely what pushed me into acting, I think. I love that. And I'm hearing two things. You said, I want to explore those magical worlds. And then you said, I want to be another character or person, which are two different things. So if you Mm -hmm. had to choose, if you could be yourself, but then be in unlimited dimensions, go anywhere in any time, space or alternative universe, but you're still you, or Mm -hmm. you can be multiple people, unlimited, infinite variations of what a human can be, or even what we can't even think of as human that you can experience that, but it's the same place. Which one would you value and prefer? Uh, Definitely being different people in the same place. And I do uh, strongly believe that as people, we have infinite capabilities of being whoever it is we want to be, and that the person that we are is just the constraints that our um, upbringing, our society, you know, our past, our history has made us. So without those, I believe people can really be anyone and achieve anything. And I believe it's just like the physical constraint of ourselves, of our body, of our history that makes us who we are. So I do believe, you know, that any one of us can have the capacity to be anything in the world or anyone. So I love your optimism, but I have to ask, there was a scientific study an experiment, I think in the 30s, where they took people and they gave them that permission to try on different identities. And many of them just almost went crazy in the end because they were saying, saying, who am I really if I can be anyone? What is me? What's happening? I don't understand anything anymore. And there are even actors will go into like a psychotic episode because they don't really know who they are and people don't know who they are. So they expect them to be the character they're acting. While in reality, Mm -hmm. maybe they're like a shy, introverted person, but they play some daring character. And they're like, who is this person here? You look like that character, but your behavior is so weird. And there is a, a real like cognitive dissonance when people speak with them and then they get crazy because they think well who am I really if I can be anything I can ever be how do you deal with this how do you view it so positively and how do you find it to be an enrichment of your identity rather than a loss of your identity on a way in a way um I mean 
of course definitely you know sometimes I, I have not reached the point where I was confused like for my characters that I play and stuff like that because obviously my um my acting resume is not this this big or extensive or anything like that but I really because I believe that people change all the time like I'm a different person now than I was a year ago and every single play I've done every show I've done every little event I went to it all has changed me even if I don't acknowledge it so then being a product of space and time you know there you you have to allow a possibility of becoming someone completely different at any moment so then when someone's and of course like people see different things in you you know your friends see you differently than you see yourself but I don't see it as a bad thing I see it as just as kind of confirmation that a human can be pretty much anything and that we don't have to be constrained by our personality of the things that we like because those are just the physical limitations that are put on ourselves and it's not you know the essence of the human inside us of the soul or whatever it is you'd like to call it wonderful it reminds me of what the zen buddhists will say that in reality you are recreating your universe every second so you have the freedom to be reborn as anything you wish to be and it's in a way not just reincarnation over a lifetime, but every second you can be reincarnated as another being and another personality and version of who you are, because the truth is only change. It's not any fixed notion we might have. So I have to ask you, because it seems to me you are really a deeply spiritual thinker and a spiritual person in some level. So I have to inquire, what is to you your spiritual perspective on life, the universe, and 42? Mm -hmm. um, quite honestly, I don't really see myself as a spiritual person. I'm very interested in finding out how the world works. And for me, finding out how the consciousness works, finding out you know, the possibilities of a human, the kind of like what is um, imposed onto a person, what is true, like finding the real essence of universe of life. That's to me, like I see it as, just an exploration of this life, of the life that we live. Yeah. Thank you. And usually people who are very motivated, like you said, to not live in that routine life, to experience different personalities, to experience different worlds, usually it comes from an escape, maybe from a really boring routine, and therefore we escape into acting or daydreaming or imagination, or it comes from a really restrictive environment where you felt, it doesn't mean like people did it, but on some level you felt that you were forced into an identity that you are not, and therefore there is a kind of revenge of saying, not only will I not be that identity, I will be not one identity, I'll be everything and infinite and never be fixed into one thing. Does any of this resonate with you? And if so, can you comment? Um, maybe. I mean, being an immigrant living in Canada, you know, when I first moved here, everyone just kind of saw me as, you know, this girl from Ukraine. And that was kind of all I was. And I obviously, you know, had my interests, the things I liked, things I thought I was good at, but no one really paid attention to that because, or even my personality at all, I was just this girl from Ukraine. Everything I liked, it wasn't because, you know, I had particular interests because I was different and stuff like that. So definitely, I think in, in this sense, I very much felt kind of, um, 
constraint in, in my cultural identity. Obviously, that kind of went away as I grew older and I, you know, kind of assimilated myself more in this new environment. But for the first little while, I was very much, you know, this um, outsider living in Canada. And that's pretty much all I was. And of course, I wanted to break out of that. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that answer. It's actually really insightful. And I'm really curious again about Ukraine. You said after six years, you revisited. I'm not sure whether you revisited more recently as well, but you mm -hmm. felt like you didn't really belong because of your recent history and experience. It was so different. I am mm -hmm. curious, what kinds of things did you observe that can be insightful to the listeners about Ukrainians and their culture that happened then when you returned, revisited and looked at Ukraine with new and fresh eyes? Mm -hmm. That's that's a good question. I mean, it's just even the way the people interact. It's it's very different. I don't even know how to put my finger on it, but I guess um, there's a lot less uh, small talk in a way. People just like to kind of talk about deeper um, subjects right away, I find. And the way people act and interact with each other, there's a lot of less talking in general, I find. Um, like, for example, if you ride in a public transit, people won't really in Ukraine approach you and start a conversation with you as much as, I mean, they don't really start it as much here in Canada as well, but they definitely do more. And then... In terms of the culture and the interests people have, people watch very different TV shows and listen to very different music and have very different um, clothing styles and different plans for the future. A lot of people in Ukraine, they tend to be more um, traditional in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, uh, their plans for the future and then they are in Canada. And yeah, I find those are very, very stark differences, but it's really hard to kind of point your finger at that because you know of course like everyone's different all the people are different everywhere thank you and then i have to ask you about what some guests said when they compare ukraine to either western europe or north america more specifically they say in ukraine people are more honest quote unquote because if they smile or do something they mean it while in North America, they might be like show a supportive side or smile and welcome you, but it's all fake. What some guests called it uh, the hypocrisy of, of the West, which was Nikita at the time, that people there might be really warm, but it's totally fake and doesn't have substance. While in Ukraine, they're cold, but if they show you any warmth, it's really, really an honest indicator of the reality and truth. And to add another thing, which is another facet that some guests mentioned, that in Canada or the US, people don't try to give you advice on your life or comment on your choices. While in Ukraine, if you are there, even a stranger, and you mentioned that people don't approach you, well, according to some guests, if you're making a decision or do a, something wrong or make a mistake, even a stranger will come lecture you and try to tell you what to do with your life. Did you notice these things? And what is your comment or experience with this? I mean, as an aspiring actor, I have people commenting on my future everywhere from um, every 
every place in my life in Canada and people from Ukraine from everywhere you know everyone has an opinion people who are older they think I'm kind of wasting my life doing um, what I'm doing and that I'm not being serious about things um, in terms of the smile I actually have pretty much a permanent smile on my face all the time it's I don't know I just I'm always smiling so I don't know if it's fake or not it's just how my how my face looks most of the time so I can't really comment on that. And I mean, I have only been to Ukraine um, last time. So it was the one time I went back, which was five years ago now when I was 16. So I don't really remember all those little things as well anymore. Our parents, I mean, my parents, they have a lot of Ukrainian friends who come over and visit sometimes. And they definitely have a lot to say, you know, about my future and stuff like that. But I see it as people, you know, looking after you in a way you know they think they want the best for you obviously and so they want to give you advice and I don't think it's anything bad that they're trying to do even though I don't like it when you know people tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing but it is what it is <laughs> uh, please comment on this more because as Gary Vee would say that the biggest thing stopping people from getting into social media, creating a brand and publishing a lot is that fear of criticism and not just from their like mother, but from total strangers from all across the pond or a million miles away in the world. How do you deal with it? What is your experience? And I spoke on another podcast with two influencers. One is Marco Delia and another one is a musician from Hollywood. And what both mentioned is when someone leaves a negative comment, if they respond with positivity, often that person surprisingly subscribes and becomes a good positive commentator. And they say, well, those people just wanted some positive attention. And when I showed to them that I don't take my life too seriously and that I'm positive and caring, they totally flip 180 degrees. But that was their experience, both of them, to you. How mm -hmm. do you deal with that, those challenges? And what thought or beliefs or advice you can have for others who might shy away from doing what you're doing because they worry about the criticism um I, you definitely you know like posting videos on social media you're gonna get a lot of criticism you're gonna get a lot of hate from people but I kind of I mean going into it like you have to kind of acknowledge that yes this is gonna happen and yes it can you know you can receive a lot of hate but you just have to kind of accept that it's gonna happen and not let that scare you because when I like when I think about it the person who takes the time of their day to comment something mean on your post or something like that well they're really you know they're doing this for attention they don't actually care about you as a person that they you know they saw one of your videos and they decided to comment that you know they don't like the video or that you look bad in the video you know they don't care about you they don't care about your content they don't know who you are where you've come from they're just judging you based on the 15 second video you put out so i really i don't in my personal opinion i don't give any attention to you know negative people and negative comments just because i find it's not you know, it's not worth my time. They're probably writing something mean and then they are going to forget about it. And I, you know, it, it's, you can't prevent people from not liking what you're doing. When you're doing something, you're obviously going to have someone who's not going to agree with you, who's not going to like it. So you just kind of have to accept that that's going to be it and just let go and not be scared of it. Very, actually very wise. And I agree with you 100%. And I have to ask Stefania or Steph, who studies now at York University in Canada, and she is originally from Ukraine, from Kiev. She said 
that people think about the Ukrainian winter as Siberia, but it's nothing compared to the Canadian winter. It's horrible. When she went there, she was like, oh my God, Canada is like way, way worse than the, what people think because in Ukraine, actually, it's more of that London stereotype where yes, it's cold. And yes, in December and early January or sometimes February, there is snow, but the weather is more of that gray kind of weather and a very acceptable kind of weather. You, without commenting on Ukraine, since you don't have that experience, but do you like, enjoy and find the Canadian winter mild? <laughs> Or what's your opinion <laughs> on it? Oh, I don't like winter. It's my least favorite season. I lived in Montreal when I went to um, to college, and Montreal winters are just next level terrible. And I'm I'm absolutely not a fan of the winter at all. <laughs> I don't remember winters in Ukraine very much because I was, it was obviously 11 years ago that I experienced my last Ukrainian winter, but. I can't imagine them being worse than what we have here in Canada. It's terrible. <laughs> They are actually better because, you know, in Canada, I remember a friend of mine, he said he went, I think, Mont Montreal as well. And when he was waiting for the bus, it was so cold that he began crying. And then his tears froze on his face. While I, was, I was like, oh, my God, this is next level. <laughs> I can't, even my tears are freezing. <laughs> yeah, that definitely happened to me before. I had a rehearsal once in Montreal and it was a snow day. So everything was closed, but not my rehearsal. And so I step outside and as soon as I turn the corner, this gust of wind just blows ice in my face. So I start crying and then the snow is like falling. So my eyelashes freeze and so I'm blind and I'm just walking in the middle of the road because the sidewalks are all snowed in. And I'm just like struggling to get my way anywhere because I can't see anything. But I made it to rehearsal. It was fine. <laughs> Look, look, this is wonderful because you're a good storyteller. I'm sensing this. And I have to ask because you were speaking on two levels, the visual and the kinesthetic rather than the auditory. So I would like to explore this about you. Do you, because you spoke about living in different worlds and I imagine you daydream a lot. Are you really strong mm -hmm. at visualization? You can, for example, imagine that you have uh, some borscht in your In, a, in your hand, like in a plate on your hand right now, and you can sense the warmth and imagine the texture and the taste? Or are you more of a kinesthetic person who has that emotional side really uh, attuned? And that's why you try to control it and not allow it to affect you so that you always keep that smile on your face. I mean, are you really like more of an athletic movement embodied person or a totally Madame Bovary, which is a, a French literature, which was a woman who used to sit by her window and she imagined her adventure as a noble aristocratic woman and all the parties and things and the book is about her imagination <laughs> while in reality she was a simple woman who spent her day looking outside the window at the cards walking by imagining herself to be important so are you that kind of woman <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I'm both, honestly. I'm very do-do-do type of person in my life. Like, I set myself goals and I just do them. I don't take any time off. I'm constantly, you know, just doing all the things I want to do. But at the same time, I, I used to, especially as a child, very much live in imaginary worlds. You know, I would go somewhere and I would just pretend that I'm somebody completely different and that, you know, my life is very different. I used to do that all the time. But at the same time, I'm very um, goal-oriented and I want to achieve a lot of things so I constantly push myself to do things and to not just daydream about the things that I want I have to push myself to actually make them happen great I'm hearing what Olga Nechayeva said she's you know a champion in athleticism from Ukraine and her father was a champion as well I think the first kickboxing champion in the history of Ukraine after the Soviet Union and she said look humans are lazy I have to push myself in order to achieve all my goals. But I don't know. That seems to be like a painful way to live. How? I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but pushing <laughs> as a word, it seems like I heard, I remember a philosopher one time saying that we as humans are not kind to ourselves. We treat ourselves like a master treats a slave and punish ourselves in a way that if we did it to a stranger or a stranger did it to us, they will sue us and we'll be <laughs> spending our <laughs> lifetime in jail. So two things, are you really hard on yourself? And the second is what goals are you pursuing that are really meaningful for you? Right. I am. I'm definitely very hard on myself. I see it as a very good thing, though, because I'm holding myself accountable. And when you push yourself through something, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can take on another responsibility. But then you just do it and it works out. Then you're so much more confident about yourself because, hey, this was hard, but you just did it. You told yourself you're going to do it and you didn't want to. You were scared about it, maybe, because a lot of the things, you know, you don't want to push yourself and you don't want to pursue those things because you're scared you're going to fail. But when and when you have this fear and you still do it and you just try to forget about it and it works out fine, then you just become so much more confident in yourself. It gives you so much confidence that all this pushing yourself, all this minor discomfort you go through is actually so worth it in the long run. And in terms of my goals, I mean, I have a lot of goals. I tend to not talk a lot about the things I want to achieve just because, I mean, I think it was Gogol maybe, maybe Dostoevsky. I don't actually know um, my literary giants that well, but I think one of them, or maybe someone else said that to never brag about your future because that's still uncertain and it's still very much um, dependent on what I do and on all the things that I do. So for me to talk about, you know, the goals I want to achieve now, it's kind of meaningless in my opinion because... I haven't achieved them yet. You know, once I achieve them, I'll, I'll talk about them, though. <laughs> You're very wise. And there was actually even scientific studies that when people speak about their goals, their motivation reduces because they get instant validation, which reduces mm -hmm. the urgency. And therefore, it's better to leave them bottling up than to try to share them and dissipate that urgency and tension mm -hmm. that pushes people forward. Well, I want to ask you about Ukraine too much since you don't know, but I'm curious about something. Steph, again, who lives in Canada, she said she noticed that immigrant Ukrainian families and second generation and even third generation are so patriotic about Ukraine. They're like fanatics. Mm -hmm. They're like uber Ukrainians and they love it very much. Well, uh, people who grew up in Ukraine are not so patriotic because they view it as a place that didn't give them all that they could have had and they needed to leave it or to stay in it in a survival mode like Olya, 
who uh, recently spoke from Prague, she said about this, that compared to the US or Europe, people there are at a higher Maslow's hierarchy level of self-transcendence or self-actualization, while in Ukraine, they're in survival mode, which makes them harsher, more closed-minded. And I'm gonna say it in a negative way, that was, she didn't even say like closed mind, but she said that they're not as open as others. I want to be fair. So to you, do you view mm -hmm. that there is this patriotic streak and drive in, uh, in second generation and third generation Ukrainians that you know over there? And, um, you know, commenting on maybe, are you that kind of person or because you view yourself as a citizen of the world, do you love all countries equally and you're like me, let's lift all borders and be all one big happy family. <laughs> right. So um, I'm not a globalist, so definitely do not lift all borders and whatever is going on in the world right now, I'm kind of scared about. But I definitely I do love all countries equally. I believe every country has something wonderful and beautiful to offer to the world. I think every country has a very rich culture. And in terms of what's happening with Ukraine, it's very understandable and very sad at the same time. Obviously, there is um, the politics of Ukraine and the culture of Ukraine, the culture of Ukraine, you know, is so very rich and deep. And unfortunately, the politics side, you know, it's very exploitative and corrupt, like in a lot of countries, unfortunately. So I think for people living in Ukraine, they they're faced with the politics and they kind of have to live through all the things that is happening. But for people living abroad, abroad, they can just uh, enjoy the cultural aspects of being Ukrainian without being influenced by what's going on with Ukraine politically and stuff like that. And not to get a lot into politics, but it's just, it's a very sad thing that going on. And of course, I think Ukraine culture is very rich, but at the same time, I think the political, um, on the political spectrum, a lot of negative things are going on in Ukraine right now. So you can understand those people who are not as patriotic. Yes, and I had multiple guests who are working for a better future and e-governance and e-democracy and things like that in Ukraine. So I love the energy, the creativity, and that the people actually care and are using technology and all they can to affect the world. I don't know. I don't comment on the politics in Ukraine. It's neither my place nor like my area of expertise, but I support Ukrainians and their desire for a better future. And to conclude this, do you have any um, like concluding remarks as well as if people want to watch your videos to know more about you, what are your favorite links that I will also write in the description? Uh, sure, I can give you my uh, a link to my TikTok later. Um... Right. Well, I guess um, to everyone who wants to pursue their goals and their dreams to not focus on the negative and just let things kind of pass through without them affecting you. And I think that's a very, very good technique to kind of have a clear mind about things and to always focus on the positive, because no matter how, you know, negative things can get, there is always something that is much better and bigger. And you have to kind of trust the big picture that if something is not working out now, then maybe it's a lesson you can learn from and push off of it in order to um, get further in life and pursue the things you really want to pursue. I like that. I feel that to you, acting and reflection and observation is even an act of self-development where you're improving and growing as a person, not just having, like you said, older people telling you, oh, you're wasting your life. 
you're taking mm-hmm. things things seriously but in reality you're doing the most serious thing there is which was like on the delphi temple in greece know thyself that's the first priority in life and in many ways you are knowing yourself and others by pursuing acting and that's beautiful i encourage you i support this and i thank you and i wish you a brilliant day oh thank you that's very nice of you to say have a good day